Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's good, everybody? And welcome to a special episode of the What's Good Games podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Hello! So normally this is where I would say this is your source for video game news commentary analysis and funny stuff, but this week is a special week, everybody, because the Game Developers Conference GDC and PAX East are happening at the same time! It's madness. It's a lot. So we decided, you know what would be fun? If we record a special episode to air this week, and we got a wonderful panel together, including two fantastic women from the Roblox community. Before we dive into what we talk about, I want to give a shout out and thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Alex Argopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And if you want to join our Patreon community, you can do so at patreon.com slash what's good games. And Brittany, let's just assume that somebody has left us a wonderful five-star review, shall we? Yeah, thank you, for your five-star review. We always appreciate them, so that makes us feel warm and fuzzy. Yes, I love it. And we will definitely check in on those when we are back in the studio when we return from Boston. And hopefully, if you guys are listening to this, you're on your way to Boston. We'll see you at our panel or our meetup because we would love to hang out with you guys IRL. I also want to let you know that this week's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Factor and Kudos, but we'll tell you more about that later. All right. So, Brittany, let's talk about this interview. Both you and I not really spent any time in Roblox before we decided to talk to these wonderful women, Anne and Jenny. What were your expectations going in? Were you like, are we just going to talk about like how to play Roblox? <laughs> I honestly, because like you mentioned, knew close to nothing about Roblox. All I knew is that my friend's little son was playing it a whole bunch back in the day. Always saw him on an iPad. I don't do a lot of gaming on my iPad. So I was just really curious about learning what is Roblox. And just from outside of a game perspective, what opportunities can it provide creators? And there is a whole nother, dare I say, metaverse out there. Roblox See? is indeed a metaverse. Yeah, where people are, you know, they have careers and they're building businesses and they're creating digital items and they're making a living doing this. And I just think that was a really fascinating thing. And I wanted to learn all about it. And I did. I learned a lot. Yeah. Well, without further ado, why don't we get into the interview? Enjoy. I'm Andrea Renee, joined as always by Brittany Brombacher. Good to see you, hello. friend. Hello, hello. And we have two very special guests joining us for this very special episode. Please welcome Jenny Swoboda. Did I get that right? Hello. You got it right. Amazing. She is a digital artist, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. And also, we have Anne Shoemaker here, who works in the video game development community at Full Flower Studios. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show, ladies. We are here today to talk about not only what you two do in video games, but also about what you two do in Roblox. So it was a really amazing set of conversations that led to all four of us getting to chat today. And I want to thank 
Afrina and Sam for coordinating all of this. I've been talking to them about trying to do something with Roblox for a long time. And I was like, what if we got some really cool ladies from your community on to talk about what they're doing in Roblox? Because it feels like people don't really understand the concept of what Roblox is these days because it's so big. So I would love to start with you two and talking about how you got started in Roblox. So Jenny, let's start with you. So about 2018, I was introduced by a friend who kind of sort of was like, hey, come check this out. It's funny. It's blocky. You're going to have fun. It's like a lot of gaming. It was introduced to me kind of sort of just as a gaming experience. I went in there and immediately was like, "Mm, nah, this isn't really like I want my cute, full figured, beautiful avatar. I want, you know, (laughs) much more detail. I was like, this is where kids play. This is Lego vibes. I'm not I'm not feeling it. It took her about a year to convince me to like go in and take it very serious and be like, girl, you've got to get in here and just start designing and try it. And so I did that in a few, I want to say about six months to eight months, roughly, I was accepted into the Roblox creator program. And then from there, here I am. So what was your background before then? So designing-wise, I've been doing it for, gosh, over half of my life. I started in my early teens. Mm-hmm. I started in The Sims and then a little bit into, well, a lot into Second Life for a while. But for me, Second Life kind of felt like the smaller little fishbowl of the community with a lot, lot lower of a player base and the work I was putting into it to my creations that's like way much more high poly designs and work it was just not paying off financially and and also it felt like kind of sort of like appealing to your local neighborhood it's a much more smaller community and then so I was there for years I worked in Second Life I want to say till about 2020 and then during the pandemic was whenever I went like full throttle on Roblox right before the pandemic hit Awesome. And we're definitely going to dive into that in just a moment. But Anne, I'd love to hear from you about how you got started in Roblox. Basically, I was a kid. I was 11, I want to say. And during that time, I was really bored and I wanted to find a platform that involved interacting with other kids and it would be like a lot of fun or whatever. Like I used to be on Fantage and those kinds of sites and Toontown as well. But then I found Roblox and I fell in love with it because it was such a creative platform. And then when I turned 13, I was really interested in these games that were like building games where you could hop in and you could build houses with your friends. And so I was doing that a lot when I first started. But then the game that I really love broke and the developer that made it did not want to do anything to fix it. So then I opened up Roblox Studio when I was 13 and I tried to recreate the game for my friends and I did. And I, mean, I had can like- we can we stop for a second and talk <laughs> oh, about yes. the ambition of a 13 year old saying my favorite game broke. You know what? I'm just going to make it myself. That is amazing. It was a mess to start. Like, they have all these free assets that you can get off of the Roblox Marketplace. And so I didn't know how to program or anything. So I just kind of, like, threw things in there. And there are a lot of bugs, but my friends really loved it. So it worked out. When I was 13, I was just playing Final Fantasy IX on my PlayStation and hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, like, my, I don't want to say, like, the mirroring thing, but, like, that's how I felt when it came to, like, I would go in to Second Life or The Sims and I'm like, this is not the outfit 
that I want to wear. Let me fix your game or let me fix, you know. So that attitude is exactly what kind of fueled me at a young age, too. And gosh, I don't know where I would be if I hadn't followed that passion. I think we should also just take a minute for those who don't know what Roblox is and lame her, <laughs> since the two of you are very obviously familiar with it. How would you describe what Roblox is? I would say Roblox is a virtual space where people can be super creative and do literally whatever. I mean, some people are on the platform just to hang out. And then there's other people who want to create careers on it, like Love Spun or Jenny. She makes virtual clothing and that's super cool. And then I do both virtual clothing and I started a company, but you could honestly just be a single person and hop on the platform and try to create anything. Just like a very creative space. Is what I would say. Yeah, it's very, very open to anybody who wants to come in and not just the kids. And and that's the biggest misconception I feel like that goes on with Roblox is that people think that it only is appealing to children. And it's very much not. Not only do I have to only focus on making, you know, kid friendly items, but I can kind of sort of age up some of the fashion that I create or accessories or even, you know, a little bit of the development that I'm even getting into and make it a little bit more fun for a 17 to, you know, 30-year-old, 20-year-old, 25-year-old. So, yeah, everything is free when it comes to resources, you know, for finding out just how to learn and create. I think Roblox as a brand has changed so much over the last, even like five years, but they've been around a really long time. And clearly there's a lot of parallels to Minecraft. I think that's the other platform that they really get kind of compared to quite a bit. But I mean, Roblox is definitely verging more into metaverse than just video game these days. You obviously can just log into Roblox and just play video games. You don't have to create anything, but they obviously give you all these tools if you do have the desire like the both of you did to create. So just a couple quick stats for people who aren't up on how big Roblox has gotten. As of Q4 2022, there were 58.8 million average daily active users. Get that number sink in for a second. 58 million people every day logging into Roblox to play or to create something, which is phenomenal. Wild. And the fastest growing age group, as Jenny mentioned, was is 17 to 24. There's literally billions of hours engaged that people are playing in the game. Plus, there are user generated experiences on the platform as well. In fact, over 32 million user-generated experiences is the number that the team at Roblox provided us. And that is kind of like a mind-blowing figure that that many people are creating. I don't even think a human could go to every single one. Maybe somebody should start that journey (laughs) and vlog it, you know, and and let's see if it's possible. It'd be interesting. That's how much is on there. Jenny, I would love to hear from you about a little more of kind of like your day-to-day job as a digital designer, somebody who clearly has a background in fashion, but also has a background in video game programming and coding. You know, the kind of the intersection of that, I think, is really fascinating. This idea that you're not designing necessarily a piece of clothing that somebody is going to wear like IRL, like in a physical space, but instead a piece of clothing that somebody is going to wear in a virtual space, in a digital space. As someone who's not super familiar with this, How does it go about that someone commissions fashion from you? What I would do, like if a client were to approach me, usually what we do is Roblox will reach out to me directly and they'll say, hey, X brand wants to work with you. Or we will have like other, maybe it could be a user on Roblox platform itself. It could be a company that's in Roblox developing a developer company in general in Roblox. 
or just even the metaverse as a whole, like as a commission type of job. I guess where I'm going with it is, is that usually I'm approached. I would love to kind of approach others, but I am kind of scared sometimes. I guess I would say my process, my day to day would be I kind of live in my 3D software program and I am just scouring Pinterest, scouring TikTok and Instagram for trends or what I can do to kind of sort of merge the two of like what's up here in my imagination and even tapping into my childhood just to be colorful or fun and bring in the merge of kind of real life fashion with something that is absolutely completely impractical in real life Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't want to wear or you wouldn't even be able to wear rather. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea because I think a lot of times when we're dressing our avatars in video games or in these digital spaces, your memojis and whatnot, we don't necessarily stop to think of doing something that is not physically possible in the real world to do something like fantastical or completely just kind of out of the box. I know that I usually pick avatars that look as close to me as possible, but other people like making avatars that have like purple skin and they're like really tall and they have like six arms, if that's a thing in the, in the avatar builder that they're in. And that kind of puts a interesting, unique spin on the idea of creating fashion for sale in digital spaces. Cause how do you think of those weird things, right? Like, Like it's my brain kind of melts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to like just all the endless combinations and possibilities and things like that, that you can do, people really, they will shout it at me like what they want made. There's so many endless combinations that you can put together in Roblox because there's just so many different things from faces to, and I'm talking about like your normal everyday face, maybe makeups that you probably couldn't wear in real life that you would want to portray. Or for instance, me, my avatar usually rocks pink skin and I don't have pink skin. I don't get the chance to really wear pink. So I don't feel like it compliments me too much. It's pretty endless. It truly is like you can you can do so much inside of Roblox. And when I say like the combinations, I mean like people can take, you know, a skeleton's arm and then on one other arm, you can have a big muscly arm, like the muscle emoji, for instance, and you can merge the two together. And some people pick that up as a trend. I think one of the biggest trends that I've seen in Roblox in general is people love to wear their avatar without a head. I mean, hmm. the hair is there, but they do not have a head at all. And I think when I had first learned of this trend, I was just completely dumbfounded and fascinated by it because I'm just like, why? And there's only a small gap and period of each year where you can get this one package on Roblox that you can actually buy where you have no head. And I finally did get one and I was like, yay, I'm so happy to have this. Never wears it. But, you know, it was one of those things that I was, you know, just like, let me get this. I've got to I've got to do it. So the combinations again, though, it's just about as endless and just so many things that you could do as, as much as it would be as endless experiences on Roblox blocks like there's just so much content and that's what I love about it is because you really truly can find your online identity through all of the options the skin tones the hairs clothes I could go on and I'd love to hear from you as somebody who's also been in the Roblox community for quite some time now. What are some of the things that you've seen change over the last couple of years in the community, either features that the development team has added that you're like, hey, that's really cool. I can use that in making my games or something that you've seen the community create? 
Man, there's been so many iterations of Roblox. I feel like from the start of it, it was definitely, it definitely had like that feeling of blocky aesthetic and Lego vibes and that kind of thing. But then as things progressed, it started becoming more and more realistic and they continued to release like really amazing tools to create incredible scenes. I love creating 3D spaces. Like I started off on Roblox just building things and trying to be creative. But as time has gone on, everything has just improved so much between having features of like fancier lighting called the future is bright is what they wanted to call it. And then also we were allowed to start uploading 3D assets to the platform. That wasn't a thing until like I want to say five years ago and once that happened everything changed so much I think that was the time where people actually started giving me jobs because (laughs) there were very few people on the platform that could 3D model but if you knew how everybody would commission you and as a 16 year old that was very awesome because I would DevX which is the developer exchange program and I would buy Starbucks I would just buy Starbucks all the time (laughs) because I had the money to do it (laughs) hey I love that that's what you know you wanted to use your money for. I think that's what getting started in the workplace, no matter what you're doing for work is all about is saying, hey, I want to do something that's going to like reward me for the things that I like. It was like caffeine work. Caffeine work is great. (laughs) That sounds like our life too. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt this fantastic interview. We hope that you're enjoying it, but we do have a message from our sponsors. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Factor. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Are you too busy to cook? Well, with Factor, not only are you skipping the trip to the grocery store, but you could also skip the chopping, prepping, and the cleaning up too. That's right, folks. You too can live the dream of playing video games after you put the kiddos to bed and not spend those precious hours doing more dishes. That's because Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Enjoy meals for any time of day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 add-ons. And if you're trying to cut back on meat, or maybe meat's just not your thing, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, so you know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients you want and nothing that you don't. But if you're looking to mix it up or if you're looking to bulk it up, you can add protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. Head to factormeals.com slash what's good 50 and use our code what's good 50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code what's good 50 at factormeals.com slash what's good 50 to get 50% off your first box. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Kudos. What is Kudos? You might be asking yourself. Well, I'll tell you in just a second. But first, let me ask you Do you shop online? If yes, do you use an app to find the best coupons? Now, if you answered yes again, that's great. Saving money is what all the cool kids do, truly. But you should also use Kudos to get the most cash back. Because who doesn't love cash back, right? Kudos is a free shopping extension that not only helps you pick the best credit card to use at checkout, but it also doubles your rewards on over 15,000 sites. That's right, more rewards on the shopping you were already going to do anyway. That means if you usually get like 3% back from your credit cards on sites like Sephora, MeUndies, or even HelloFresh. Someone's been looking at my browsing history. You'll now earn 6% with Kudos. That's basically free money on top of the free money you were already going to get. The best thing about Kudos, though, is that it's so easy to use. Add Kudos to Chrome on your iPhone in just a few clicks, shop like normal, and Kudos will automatically appear at checkout and handle the rest. Now, I was shopping at MeUndies the other day because they were doing this amazing loungewear sale. If you missed it, don't worry, they're going to do another one. They always do. Kudos not only helped me get the most rewards, but they also reminded me of some of my hidden card benefits, like purchase protection. I bet you guys didn't even know that most of your cards out there have it. Sometimes you do got to read the fine print, right? It's amazing, you guys. Just rewards on top of rewards. I can't say enough about this. It really is a no-brainer. In fact, Kudos has saved the average user over $750 per year. Imagine all the things you could do with that money. So don't wait. Use code WHATSGOOD to double your rewards and get kudos for free by going to joinkudos.com slash what's good. That's joinkudos, so J-O-I-N-K-U-D-O-S dot com slash what's good so they know that we sent you. Okay, everybody, let's get back to the interview. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that you're currently doing. So, and just sticking with you, I would love to hear about the game that you're making. So you're currently developing something called The Sandbox Place, correct? Yes. (laughs) And you've worked previously on things like My Droplets and Mermaid Life and other projects. Are you ready to talk about Sandbox Place or is it still pretty early in development? Honestly, it's like the silliest project that I have started. I switch my mind up so frequently on things that I want to focus on like I am like a dog and I see a squirrel and then I like (laughs) want to go do that thing so my day job I started a company I am not allowed to do like any game development ever I have to simply write documents and make spreadsheets and tell everybody else to go have fun and make things but I don't get to do any of it so so you're the producer is what you're saying yes it is (laughs) it is a lovely job but at the same time I scream all the time but after work (laughs) When I'm done with my day job of working at Roblox, then I get to work on my side project that is the Sandbox Place. And I get to like, I basically just go on Twitter and I see what are these other developers making? And then I open up the Sandbox Place and I'm like, I'm going to try putting this in my game. It makes no sense, but I just throw things in. So at this point, the Sandbox Place is my sandbox and not really anybody else's sandbox, but it'll get somewhere. So why do you choose to develop games for Roblox as opposed to anywhere else? 
it's just way too easy to make a game and throw it out there for people. Like I've seen other platforms like Unreal and Unity, and there's just such like a longer process of trying to get a community and release it on different platforms and just get your game up in their store. But like for me, I can literally like have no money, open up Roblox Studio, build something, throw it out there immediately and get a community in there immediately. And I've never seen any other platform be able to do that. So it's just really easy. Yeah. And that's something that I'm kind of diving into just just barely. So announcing Love Spun is coming out with a little, you know, experience somewhere around the summertime. But yeah, it's definitely like what Anne was just saying is that it is 100% one of those platforms, I feel like, versus other gaming platforms where we can just jump on. The tools are there easily and you can comprehend what you're doing a little bit more than in Unity and Unreal. If you are a developer, it's more friendly to want to be able to put out or to learn it or to even like get started in it because the learning curve with creating a game, I feel like it's pretty big up there. And Oh, I heard that making video games was easy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Anyone can do it, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure maybe. (laughs) Honestly, though, I've been hiring a lot of people off platform, too, and they've been coming onto the platform and they're literally learning how to use Roblox in less than a week because people in this community are just so helpful, too. Like you can reach out to anybody and they'll be like, oh, yeah, here's this long list of things that you can do and you can go on the wiki. And there's tons of developers that just post tutorials all the time. Everybody is having a good time. So basically, there needs to be a Roblox university is what you're saying. Yeah. There actually is. It's a place on Roblox. Somebody has made it. I'm not surprised that it actually exists. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Okay, so we have 58 million average daily users, which still just absolutely boggles my mind. So like you said, to simplify it, you can make a game, you can put it out there, and the community is there. What is it like managing that community? Because I imagine with that many users, maybe I'm just so used to the video game industry. How is the toxicity in those communities? Honestly, my communities have been really sweet. I have made games mainly for like little kids. So my droplets specifically, maybe like the... The only thing that has happened there was this one kid that was like why you know update the game but he was just like a cute little kid and he's like please update oh, that's your adorable. game <laughs> or like my droplet is so stinky and i can't do anything about it it's there's a bug and so i would just go in and fix the bug but like <laughs> my, communities are, <laughs> my communities are just too tiny to be toxic to be honest that's smart but i do feel like you have to kind of treat it like you're the teacher sometimes and it's a classroom and mm-hmm. You've just kind of watch out for those few that are going to be a little toxic. But for the most part, I feel like Roblox kind of covers, you know, like they, they have so many guidelines and things like implemented into Roblox where you kind of just like instantly, if you're there to cause hate or drama or, you know, toxicity type vibes, they're going to ban you on out. It's a goodbye for you. You can maybe yeah. start over again whenever you've had some time out or maybe go outside for a little bit and come back. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys haven't had problems with that because I assume that you play other games in addition to Roblox from time to time. And you know what it's like to work in some of those other spaces or play in some of those other spaces. And, you know, it can obviously get really challenging. Is it something that you are kind of mentally preparing for as, you know, you get a little bit older and your audience gets a little bit older and people start to change how they communicate with you and with each other? Or is it something that you're like, ah, that's a future me problem? I generally live by that standard of this is going to affect me in the future. So I'm only going to think like this far ahead of me. (laughs) I don't blame you (laughs) for being like, you know what? Let's not worry about that today. Well, I think that that's a layup, like a super 
wonderful thing to hear that you don't have to worry about those spaces. I think it leads to the question of, is there a way to let people know hey, if you want to come into a safe space, come join my Roblox community. Are either of you doing specific kinds of outreach to let other people who are fans of video games know that, you know, your community exists? Generally, putting like a larger focus on social media and trying to build a community. We're starting to release things on TikTok and Twitter. And then we're also updating our website to reflect things more. We're also going to be getting on YouTube. And obviously we have like Discord and Gilded and we're building community spaces there so that everybody can communicate with each other. But yeah, we're trying our best to build good communities and offer a safe space where people can hang out. And there's definitely going to be like a lot of hurdles of like making sure that we moderate things well and have like a no hate policy. And if you are being toxic or being mean, then you're out of there. There's no time out. You're gone. Get out of here. That's Brittany's banhammer method as well. (laughs) 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 For me, I feel like my audience is on Twitter right now a bit. And also within my Roblox group on Roblox.com. And on there, like, oh, gosh, they have no problem letting me know what they want or what inspires them. They can even relate where I go and do my nails and I show them off. Like, I just do it for fun. And everyone, you know, like, I'll have... Uh, the few people that I know who kind of sort of want to see that type of stuff, I engage with back and forth. Like we are not friends, like, you know, on a like bestie, bestie, bestie close, like we know each other like that. But I know that name, like I've seen that name of that username often commenting on my releases, my stuff. The way to be able to connect that way is just a beautiful thing to me to be able to connect through social media, through digital creation and fashion, and then a random nail post every now and then or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> we love I, a nail I post. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah so I gotta, I, I've got to share it. Just have to. I love seeing your nail posts. They're very inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> I always love your tutorials. I got to throw you. that out there. <laughs> I love the love. I think I that know. this is great. I mean, it was one of the main reasons we wanted to talk to both of you because I think there's this misconception about what it's like to be a woman working in the video game development community and to be a creator on a platform as massive as Roblox and that it's mm-hmm. not welcoming and it's not friendly. And we're trying to spread the message that, yo, you're wrong. <laughs> it's actually really cool. And there's lots of cool people. Do you find that you have lots of other women that you know and connect with frequently because of your work with Roblox? I was one of like the first women to like make games on Roblox, like be a Roblox developer. The first time that I went to the Roblox developer conference, I was one of two girls there out of like 100 people. And that was really surprising. But as the years went on, there has been so many more women kind of coming on the platform and they're all like just so excited to hang out and meet each other. Like I'm part of so many Discord groups of just like a bunch of different female creators and we just are in there talking about our day and having a good time. And I'm just so happy about the space now. There's just like great. I love it. It's very wholesome and it's not lonely anymore. Like I'm definitely seeing such great improvements. Yeah, you know, I have kind of a funny story uh, when it comes to Anne. Last year at RDC 2022, I had not met her yet, but I had been a huge fan of Mermaid Life, and it was inspiring to me to dive into developing just in general. Anyways, with Anne, I remember I had had a couple of glasses of champagne, and she had just won 
an amazing award. I was making my exit after we were kind of like the award show was over. And I had like by chance bumped into her and I had a little just way too lululu, la la la, you know, <laughs> out there. And I'm like all in her face, barely even know each other in real life. And I'm like, congratulations. And I'm just like so, you know, amping her up. And she's looking at me like... Thank you. Like, what What do I say to this crazy person who is, you know, like screaming no, at me? It was so cute. I was like, yes, you were a little bit tipsy, but it was really cute. I was excited to meet you, too. Honestly, like I was seeing your stuff on Twitter, all of the beautiful fashion pieces that you made. And that fact that you knew who I was, I was shocked. I was excited. Oh, my gosh. Really cool. The same way around. <laughs> Andrew, I feel like we need to quit this industry that we're in, this yes. side of the video game industry. and join this side clearly we're, my we're heart why are we making podcasts we should just podcast exclusively in roblox let's, let's i'm just it. like smiling and my heart is so full like i think this is so important because i think a lot of folks you know don't understand the importance of inclusivity and having more women on your platform whatever that platform is it means so much and it has such a large impact on whatever whatever we touch you know what i mean we make shit better that should just be a woman's <laughs> motto i agree and one of the things I've that I like, found you know, really interesting, and I would love to hear from you two on your perspective, because I don't think I quite have an answer yet, but I get asked, it's like, you know, why aren't there more women content creators, more women developers? Because we hear this stat all the time that half of video game players globally are women, you know, 45% or 50% or 55%, depending on, you know, which demographic you're looking at. It's like, yeah, a lot of women around the world play video games, but not as many make video games or talk about video games on Twitch or YouTube or in podcasts. The number goes down quite dramatically. And it's like, well, why is that? What is it about the content creation or the development process that is off-putting potentially to women who enjoy playing games but don't necessarily want to create in games? And I was like, I don't think I've been able to quite put my finger on it because you hear about these positive experiences happening. Do you think it's just perception? Yeah, I think it's just like you don't see it enough. And so it discourages you yourself from doing it. Like when I started Full Flower Studio, the only other people that I knew in my developer community that had started companies, they were all men. And I got a little bit jealous. And so I was like, I'm going to try it out too. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to start a company. And it was a really big decision. And I should have thought about it just like a little bit more because the first <laughs> couple of years were a lot of chaos. And, you know, the thing where it's like, mom, come get me. I'm scared. That was kind of like yeah. <laughs> my experience starting a company. Yeah. I just think like more people need to be in the space to inspire other people and encourage people to just go do things that they wouldn't necessarily do originally. Preach it. You know, I do think that seeing, you know, more female developers do what Anna's doing and slowly what I will be really seeing, which I haven't said much yet, but I think it'll inspire more women to jump in and want to do it of all ages. It doesn't have to just be a 13-year-old coding inside of Roblox. And I mean, even now with chat GBT or GBT, however I say it, that helps so much with females who do not know how to code. And I mean, I almost could segue into what Carly Kloss is doing with Code with Klossy. You know, she's teaching young developers who are specifically female and the younger age group to learn how to code so that they can slowly develop whatever they want to develop, whether it be a game, a Discord bot. So, and then, you know, that would be our future, maybe 10 years. 
now. I, I definitely see Gen Z and even younger going up. I can see it in my head when I'm this old crone. You know, I can see just a lot of the younger generations who will be our age, you know, by that time, developing more, maybe, and hopefully because they saw that people like myself and Anne did this. And it was a fun experience and it wasn't as intimidating or scary or hard as people it is. I mean, everyone has their little hiccups and hardships when it comes to coding and developing and stuff like that. But it's always something that you can't problem solve or it's not like a Google question away. Jenny, I know you've worked with some really big names in the fashion industry, people like Carly Kloss and some other people, but I heard that you also had this really fantastic opportunity to work with Carolina Herrera on a dress. Can you tell us a little bit about like what this dress is? So this dress was for the spring New York Fashion Week, and it was for Carolina Herrera's. And they had approached me with a 2D concept. And from there, I was like, okay, this is something that we need to do straight from here's your concept and this is what you need to make exactly like this and so with that I took the 2D concept created it into a 3D gown presented that to Carly Kloss and Carolina Herrera which is the exact same dress that Carly Kloss wore down the runway during New York Fashion Week so from there it's now at about 900,000 Robux worth roughly wait wait, like almost a million in-game dollars to buy a single dress yes and this is just one dress. It was one of the first layered clothing dress pieces that was put out as a limited item on Roblox, if not the first. So for it to be something that was worn by the amazing model Carly Kloss down a runway in real life and to be able to have that opportunity to have, you know, the chance just to recreate it in real life and and they specifically approaching me to do it was just one of those moments where I had to like bring my head back down and like reattach it to my neck because I just <laughs> I was just starstruck and completely shocked that they wanted me to do that so wow. yeah congratulations about, that is so cool <laughs> thank you thank you so much it was it was a fun one that was a fun 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 project to see the success of that dress go on and it will forever be on that marketplace is another just I can't say enough how much I can talk about like how beautiful Roblox is and and the metaverse but it's just a beautiful thing to see that dress be able to just flourish on the catalog and and the worth of it the digital version of it so it was awesome when it comes to what I'm doing, one thing I will say is I'm for anyone who's a Love Spun fan, which I don't know how many there are, but I will say I'm definitely coming out with that home store that everybody has been screaming at me for. And I have a little bit of a fun twist on it that was kind of inspired from a music video with Doja Cat. Okay, <laughs> um, go on. Yeah, it's a little bit underwater, but it's also like it's going to be multiple environments. So it's not just underwater, but it's going to start underwater. And I will say a train is involved. Mm-hmm. So we'll go with that. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And each little cart of that train will have something special in it. It sounds so goofy and it's like, what do you mean a train? But what I have in here and what I cannot convey properly, but I can like create properly or, you know, just make it, it's going to work out in the end and it's going to make sense in the end. So just trust me. Trust me. That's the magic, though, of creating digitally is you can do that kind of stuff and it makes sense within that world. Yeah, absolutely. It does, Mm -hmm. especially in Roblox, because you can almost do like the unbound, like like where we're bounded on Earth and or, or the limits that we have on planet Earth. Like, I mean, we're 
we're basically on Mars, you know. I mean, not really, but in Roblox, we are. We're in a different planet. And that's what's so beautiful about it is that we are in that space where it's endless possibilities from fashion to gaming to development and to wanting to go into an MMO and wear a dress and kick butt. I mean, honestly, just that alone is is enticing for women and for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to what's happening now because, I mean, you said a lot of things that in reality are like, I don't know how that would work, but obviously in a digital space, completely different. And and you have a lot of stuff going on too. You're going to be speaking at GDC. Yes, it is really cool because for a long time, I feel like Roblox developers were not seen as game developers, but I feel like this is for all of the OG Roblox developers. They're going to see somebody that's like them at GDC talking, and I think it's going to be really cool. Like, I'm excited. I have no words. I've never been to GDC, ever. (laughs) Well, you're going to I will be rooting for you. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) You're going to crush it. It's going to be great. And it's frustrating to hear that, you know, you've faced some snooty people looking down at your history as a developer using the tools within the Roblox platform, because I think that's what's so amazing about where we're at with video game development is that it's become so accessible to so many different types of people that why would it matter which tools you start out using as long as you're making something inspired and something that people find value and happiness in, right? Yeah. Like, stop gatekeeping game development. There's many forms of game development, and we need to respect all of them. It's so true. It's like makeup. There's no rules, you know? Like, you can use lipstick as blush. I mean, there's no rules when it comes to development. You do it your way, and if it works for you and it gets the job done, then check mark, you know? I mean, of course, hopefully there's no bugs, but I mean, I always anticipate that whenever the you're bugs, developing. Yeah. The bugs make and it better. The more bugs, yeah, that's the more character your game has. <laughs> the bugs make it better. Yes. That's also Bethesda's motto. <laughs> and really, you know, I want to say it to like add to that is that, you know, I want to see more, you know, fun in it instead of just grind. You know, we don't want to just constantly grind. We want to have fun and not just just grind for nothing. We want to have fun and get a good reward back. And that could be in the form of fashion or it could be in the form of, you know, an awesome like a quest that you've gotten. And it's an item that's, you know, something that you need within your game or like the game that you're playing to progress to the next level or whatever. You know, we want just more fun instead of the fun being had. Yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful way to kind of wrap up our conversation. Brittany, do you have any more questions that you want to ask? No, I just want to say I really appreciate y'all taking the time to have this conversation with us. I am someone who's never really been around Roblox. I've heard about it. And, you know, as to Anne's point earlier, it was a dear friend's little child was playing it. And I would see some of the things he was playing, but I never understood. And I think just you opening up and talking about the struggles you faced and with the development, maybe not seen as real game development, stop gatekeeping. I love hearing about the women in the industry and the support group that it sounds like y'all have formed. And I just think this was really eye-opening and I hope it also opens up other eyes of folks who have been listening so thank you I think this is really important to be having these conversations about Roblox and the work you do yeah it's it's truly not all bad or all kids everyone is welcome that's what I I really truly just want to put that message out there everybody is welcome Mm -hmm. and everybody is welcome to develop like Anna's doing. She is, to me, just making the inspiration to all of us. I guess that's the best way to put it. You're too. I'm inspired. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, we're the ones who are inspired, ladies. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and being on the show today. We would love you to let people know where they can keep up with what you're working on and what you're doing. And where's the best place for people to follow you and kind of keep tabs on the sandbox place and everything else you've got going on? Well, I have a YouTube channel that has about 4,000 subscribers right now. So if you guys want to go and subscribe to my channel. It is The Maista. I'm also on Twitter at The Maista as well. And I'm on Roblox as well. Also Maista. Can you spell that? (laughs) M-Y-Z-T-A The Maista. Okay, we'll put those links in the show notes too, but just for those who might be too lazy to click in the show notes. There you go. No excuses. (laughs) And Jenny, where can everyone keep up with all of the fashion that you're creating, the partnerships that you're working on, and anything else you've got going on? So definitely Twitter on uh, for me. So that would be Twitter at Lovespun with two N's at the end. And then I just recently launched my website, which would be lovespunstudios.com. And then TikTok, which would be lovespun.xo. And soon, hopefully, I will have my YouTube a little bit more active. I've got like one tutorial on there, so I'm not going to throw that one out there. But yeah, hmm. that's where you can find me and anything that I do. Shout at me if you want to see something fashion-y or something or just create or follow whatever you want to do. I have a question, too. Yes, of course. Are you guys going to go make Roblox accounts so that we can friend you? I feel like I have to now. I, I definitely want say. to check out everything that's been going on there. I, like Brittany, haven't really spent time in Roblox. I played uh, like ages ago, but clearly the platform's a different place today than when mm-hmm. I first played very early in my career. But yeah, we definitely should keep up. We would love to hear what you're working on and Maybe you guys can give us a little crash course and the best places to to play and the best experiences that you have found. I would love to hear about that. Mermaid Life, that's the one place to start. I will agree with that. I am biased. I'll agree with it. (laughs) (laughs) I am biased too. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say you're completely biased because I was looking and you have a 91.3% approval rating for Mermaid Life. So We're trying our best. That's pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Not many game devs can say that they have 90s. Well, then let's wrap up this conversation. Once again, thank you so much to both Anne and Jenny for taking the time to chat with Britt and I on the show today on this very special episode of What's Good Games. As Britt mentioned, we'll put all of the links to find both of them in the show notes below. Go check out their games. Go check out their fashion and their social profiles. And I guess we all need to start a What's Good Games community on Roblox. Definitely. We'll make it happen. Thank you guys for having us. Well, like I told you, Andrea, I sure learned a heck of a lot during this interview. It was so nice for Anne and Jenny to join us and in layman's terms, kind of explain what it is Roblox is and does and the opportunities it provides. What about you? What did you learn? Like, what was like your main takeaway? My biggest takeaway, honestly, was the joy and the positivity that they talked about, that they experienced within their communities. And I just loved that they loved each other's work and that they both were like, no, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. And that they're inspired by the work that each of them are doing. And I think for me, looking at what Anne does and how early she got started, I mean, talking about building her own game at the age of 13 is like the ambition, you know, like, oh, my God, I think it's a wonderful example of how if you have the passion and the desire, there are tools out there for you. And I love that video game technology is in that place now that makes it so accessible. I think that's like my big takeaway is that I didn't realize how many 
young people are looking at Roblox as a platform for saying, hey, maybe this is where my career in video game development begins. And I think that that's wonderful. So a big thank you to the team at Roblox for setting this up. And once again, to Anne and Jenny, their links on how to follow them and their sites are in the show notes down below. And we hope that you guys enjoyed this special episode. Let us know in the comments below and we will see you guys back in the studio next week. Bye, everybody. 